Monday night, 6 o'clock, time for the Sports Zone with Rudy and Bob. How you doing, Bob? This I'm, is Rudy. I'm doing well. I'm good. doing well. Here, here's the deal. We got a good show today. We have a huge show today. Yeah, not only good, but long. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's, extra, it, it, it's extra strength. It's, it's bonus. Bonus it's material. Big you know. time, yeah. You know, I, uh, <laughs> hopefully we get extra credit for this, right? You We're going to get extra something for this. <laughs> yeah, we might get I, extra hate, extra love, extra the, the surprise. I don't know. The reason I think it's a great show or going to be a great show is because I'm going to be really honest, we have guests. Yeah, for, yeah. Uh, and that really is, helps. Yeah, most you know. of it is really good guests. So, so people stay there now. Get, yeah. You know, when we take this little break, you can go get your popcorn and stuff. But you can be assured that it just won't be Jason and Bob trying to figure out what they're going to talk about. Right, yeah. We got Chris Cuellar on tonight. Yes, we do. And, of course, from the Iowa Iowa High School School Athletic Association. And he's got a lot to talk about. He's got some good stuff. And, like, things that have been in the news lately. Right, right. Um, Shot clock. Shot clock. And we're not even talking about, like, the shot tower down in Dubuque. We're talking about the shot clock. I'm guessing whoever has to, like, put the show on the air, you know, that has to, yeah. that's probably going, I think maybe Jason and Bob need a shot clock because we, <laughs> we are a little longer today, but it's worth it. It is. It yes. is. And then a little bit later, uh, I was able to snag an interview with Dom Daffy from the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Of and, course, he's an old Iowa boy. And it's probably good that I wasn't here. I probably would have started talking smack about the Vikings and Packers games. And well. Then, you know, know, but anyway. And then, and then uh, my, I, a good one. Yeah, Jenna Nymphs from Baseballism down at the Field of, Field of Dreams in Dyersville. She is electric. Yes. It's a really, it, she was great to talk so, to. So Baseballism, real quick, I, I have a shirt from Baseballism. I, I bet there's a baseball quote on it. Uh, it's six plus four. Equals. No, it's six Four, three equals two. Six to four to three. Yeah, I saw that. I'll never forget when I first got that shirt, uh, the boys were young. And Noah wasn't great at math. I mean, and he goes, I I can still hear him. You know, I'm terrible at math, but I know that six plus four plus three is not two. (laughs) <laughs> no, so, but it is a double play. Yes, it is a double play. All so, right, so great show. We should get we gotta get into it. We yes. got to get into that. We'll shut up, and when we come back, we'll Chris let somebody Quayle. else. Yeah, talk. Chris yes. will be with us. Back with more Sports Zone right after this. Bob, we we have a guest. Yes, which that's... means that we're going to sound halfway intelligent tonight. Well, again, we're going to raise the expectations. Right. Well, we would sound fully intelligent, but you and I are still talking. Yes, yes. Now, of course, the guy we're going to bring on, we've had before. Yes. And we bring him on every time we really need to, to sound really good and, and boost ratings and, and like, just... Okay, we're putting a lot of pressure on this guest, aren't we? Oh, that's right. Well, those are things we think, don't say. <laughs> right. That's right. Chris, well, Chris Cuellar from the Iowa High School Athletic Association joins us. Welcome, Chris. It's so good to talk to you again. Jason, Bob, pleasure to be here. I really wish you would tell my former Gannett journalism bosses that I boost ratings. That would really be <laughs> awesome. I'll, I'll get a memo out soon, okay? So. <laughs> that, that sounds great. I think that's the first time they've ever heard that, so I, I'll take it. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, well obviously, um, we're kind of in the middle of seasons. Um, the last time we had John Chris, um, the association was facing, I, I don't want to say a quandary, but but – uh, basically had lost Principal Park uh, mm-hmm. for the state baseball tournament. And um, 
as most people uh, know, um, you guys chose Iowa City and Kill as the two sites. Um, I think that's the first time in what, like 15, 16 years that it was at two sites? Yeah, 2004 was the last time when it was at uh, Carroll and Marshalltown. Okay. Um, I got to ask, how old were you back in 2004? Uh, I would have been 15 that summer. So nobody contacted you back in 2004 about switching from two sites to one site, correct? That is right. I was (laughs) was not asked as a a junior in high school at North Scott Senior High in Eldridge, Iowa. No no one asked for my opinion at that time. (laughs) Bob, I was out of high school. Okay. Yeah, I was really old then, too. Yeah, they didn't ask my opinion then either. I'm curious how the process went, though. When it was, you know, once it was realized that Principal Park wasn't going to be an option. Um, like, what all was con- – I mean, and if you can speak on it, what all other sites were considered and how did it kind of get down to the two sites we got? Yeah, absolutely. I think the last time I was on, I think I I, I tried to speak can- candidly, but I couldn't tell you exactly where we were leaning or what was going because nothing was finalized. Right. And I think I'm, I'm, we, we wanted to be diplomatic about where we hadn't been, and, and, and that's, that's still the case, but I can just tell you that – we did our due diligence in basically contacting anywhere we could go. If you can think of a minor league ballpark, uh, we tried to go there. If you can think of a major school that would have a big site, we talked about going there. Um, and either there were scheduling conflicts or it wasn't going to work or they didn't want to have us or, um, you know, the facility wasn't necessarily to the standard or what we were looking for to have a, have a state tournament um, and, and just not exactly what we were thinking. Um, so the way it came together with Carol was they were basically, you know, first to the punch. Um, as a former site, knowing that they had covering, knowing that they had facilities, knowing that they could probably put together the workforce, they put together a pitch, and they were, you know, locked in and even interested in doing the entire darn thing. Oh, sure. Um, so we, you know, made as much of a commitment as we could pretty early on that that was a place that we were going to consider going, and we did multiple tours to Merchants Park, um, you know, and I'm glad we did all those. Um, and, and so that was a site that, you know, we, we felt very comfortable with entering the spring the last time I would have talked to you guys. Right, right. Um, Iowa City, to pull back the curtain a little more, uh, had previous, previously told us no on multiple occasions. Really? Um, due to COVID protocols on campus, uh, the athletics department not renting to outside agencies, um, and, you know, not, not thinking that they could necessarily staff it, uh, you know, with, with all those other concerns. Mm-hmm. And fortunately... For us, um, a handful of folks within the athletic department at the University of Iowa were really passionate about making it work. Um, so they came back to us. And that's part of the reason the announcement was so late. And I know people were acting like we were hiding the ball. No, we just literally <laughs> didn't have a place to go. Right. <laughs> so so uh, we made it work with the University of Iowa. And fortunately, they brought it together. Um, you know, it was a big collaboration over there. Um, you know, the city of Carroll, they did a phenomenal job and they had all their ducks in a row with Iowa, you know, you got to get the university on board. You got to get the athletics department on board, the parking division, the bus, uh, <laughs> yep. uh, security, the officials association was involved. And, and so that's how it kind of all ended up coming together at Dwayne Banks and Merchants Park. Well, and, and the, the, you know, I can see where with Carol, number one, that's kind of the thing going on there. But the bigger thing is they had done it before. So they at least had some type of a blueprint, I would think, to, to base things off of. Without a doubt, um, you know, uh, in in the discussions, we all got kind of a laugh because some of the contract things that were at our first discussion were from 2004, and literally <laughs> everything has changed since then. Oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but 
but we're really fortunate that they had uh, the Chamber of Commerce involved, the folks that actually helped run Merchants Park, Carroll Parks and Rec. They have two high schools there. Everybody, it was all hands on deck. Um, so, and, and if you got a chance to make it out to Merchants Park, or if any listeners got a chance to make it out there, um, you know, I know New Hampton was there in the in the two A field. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I they did a phenomenal job. Uh, and and that's that's one thing I heard. I have a friend of mine who teaches in Carroll, and um, the week the week of the state tournament, he was actually looking a refereeing a basketball camp with me, and he was a volunteer for two nights. Um, it sounds like they had an unbelievable cadre of volunteers in Carroll. Is, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely fair to say, Bob. I mean, I feel comfortable saying that it, it was the most dedicated i'd seen any host site okay in my in my time at the athletic association so let me ask you this now that we've done this i mean is principal park still the goal i i don't know bob okay. um i i don't know that it's feasible um given the scheduling uh you know major league baseball is now scheduling minor league baseball's events um and I don't know that we can get however many days we would need with however many classes and however many games we have um, to, to all be played there. Um, I, I know there have been some preliminary discussions in the last handful of weeks between our office and, and the office with the Iowa Cubs, um, but but I, I don't know that it's it's realistic to expect that. So, But please. it sounds to me like what, what we did this year works and, and is not a step down. It's just a step in a – not a, a different direction, literally cardinal direction from you know, where it was. I mean, it sounds like it was still a great experience. Jason, I think that's exactly, that's perfect. That's, that's the right way to say it. Um, I, I wasn't concerned about Carroll and Iowa City delivering. I was more concerned about expectations from leaving Principal Park about, well, Merchants Park isn't Principal Park. Well, no, it's not, but it's just a different thing. Right, well, right. Dwayne Banks and the University of Iowa is not Principal Park. Well, no, it's not, but it's also a different thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I really don't think it could have gone better at either of those sites. Um, I, I, we, we got a lot of positive feedback. I, I think teams really enjoyed playing there. Geographically, it mostly worked out okay mm-hmm. um, for, for where the sites were. I, I know the 2A field had quite a few uh, Eastern Iowa fringe schools that ended up you know, driving maybe 30, 40, you know, to up to an hour large, longer than they would have to Des Moines, but, but it, it really came together well. But at the same time, we do ask the Western Iowa schools that we really think about this to travel <laughs> a lot, <laughs> yeah. you know, for football. You know, yes. I, I, I think of that. Uh, you know, it, it's a nice balance. Yeah. I, 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 you know, and nothing against Des Moines itself, but I like seeing some of these championships get back out of the, the, the Des Moines metro and out into the state a little bit uh, for a lot of different reasons. So, so I, so yeah, the other, I agree. The other question I have for you, as the communications guy, so what was your week like? <laughs> uh, did you see? So, did you see your wife and child at all? <laughs> so, so yeah, I did. Uh, I was really fortunate this summer. I got to have a, an intern. First time we've had an intern in the last ten years. Um, so I got a communications and sports intern. She was a, a, a ingoing junior at Iowa State and works for the football department. And so instead of cloning myself, we found the cheaper option would be to send her to Iowa City. Okay. Um, so, so he I just started, got a he got a clone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The best <laughs> the best version of that I, that I could get. Um, so uh, I, I started in Carroll and I worked all four days in Carroll. Okay. Um, and then uh, I went to Iowa. So I came home on Thursday night. I was home for about twelve hours. Saw my wife and child, and then I went back. I went to Iowa City on Friday morning. 
and I worked the semifinals and finals. And then my my wife and kid came and saw me uh, in the second half of the last game uh, for the title uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the title. I'll tell you what, that 3-8 game was something else, wasn't it, though? Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. I just, uh, as the event guy, uh, I hope this isn't too poo-poo on the actual games themselves, but when it all just starts going behind schedule and you got teams and fans waiting and everybody's going nuts, <laughs> <laughs> your, your primary concern is, I want this to be a good finish. I want it to be fair. I hope the officials, you know, can make the right call and let's get this thing moving. Right. Well, I will tell you now, now, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the home plate umpire uh, for that three Bill Boyd. New, Will Friday, Boyd New Hampton. from New Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, um, and, and I think, you know, I've looked at that replay a couple of times. I think that guy's safe. But yeah. I can tell you, I, I'm guessing from your standpoint, you wanted, I, I mean, as far as timing goes, safe was a really good call there so that the game could get <laughs> over, right? <laughs> uh, as the guy who worked uh, the crazy Centerville Comanche game on Wednesday night in Carroll, yes, yes I agree. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and, and that might be, I watched a lot of the tournament, uh, both sides. That inside the park home run that the Centerville kid hit to tie the game. Yeah. Um, on the stream, you could see him when he rounded first. I, I, I said to nobody because nobody was in the room with me, and I'm, I'm like, oh, my gosh, he thinks he can score. So, yes. you know, I mean. <laughs> I, I got a curveball question for him. Okay. So you had to change sites for everything this year, or you had to, you know, deal with the COVID summer for baseball. Mm -hmm. Which would you rather have dealt with, the COVID or the, the changing sites this year? The changing sites, with, without a doubt. Okay. Uh, it, it was it was a, it was a longer lead up, um, and it certainly is unusual from an event management standpoint. Taking on two entirely new venues on a staggered schedule right. that was very strange. Um, but uh, the COVID summer was a bad situation. We had a handful of teams that ended up having to drop out of the postseason, oh, you know, sure. without even losing on the field. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had an absolutely bonkers week. Uh, not to go too far back in the rearview mirror here, but that that week at Principal Park was. Uh, uh, tough to put it mildly. Um, we, we announced different football schedules. We had procedures changing on us. The city, uh, enacted a ban on gatherings while we were playing a semifinal game. There, there, there was just so much happening. I'll, I'll take, I'll take this summer every single day of the week. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Um, one more thing I want to ask you about the summer, um, before we, we dive into, to what's coming up. The, uh, both the, the high school association and the, uh, the girls' union uh, enacted a – I'm not sure what you guys called it. I, I keep calling it the dead week. Sure. Um, what was the thought behind that? Basically, it was a week where no contact with coaches either way, right? I mean, is that yes. kind of what – Yes. What, uh, what was the thought behind that? So the, it was kind of long-standing discussions with both the, both associations, and then you know the music association and speech association kind of chimed in. Um, we, I guess, at this time we we didn't have any no contact periods whatsoever, even the week between Christmas and New Year's. I'm sure Bob, you know that as the as the parent of somebody who you know probably had workouts the day after Christmas, right, right. Um, and so our ads. Mostly, I wouldn't say our coaches, but I would say our ADs were just dying for a week to just not do something. <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> and with the as late as softball and baseball run here, um, the turnaround is imminent to 
state tournament teams and then right into fall camps. Um, So there were discussions about trying to get a break in the calendar. There were discussions from the ADs at our member schools just begging for a break, break, begging for any kind of legit vacation time that they could schedule out. And then there were just kind of the altruistic discussions about what's the best thing to do for the kids that we can oversee in, in terms of the activities we can oversee. You know, we, we can't control if they go play club basketball every single day, the family week or not, no contact week or dead week, whatever you want to call it, um, is enacted. We can't stop if they're in the batting cage every single day, you know, with their dad, you know, but but take a break from this other stuff and do something else, um, you know, and there's not going to be a unanimous approval rating for anything we do. We understand that, um, but I think getting it on the schedule and setting the expectation for future years that this is a week that we're not going to do this other stuff, you know, focus on other things. Uh, I, I think that that sets a positive benchmark. Have you heard some positive feedback about it now that we're a week or two out from that? Yeah, I, I, quite a bit, Bob. Um, you know, I think some people, you know, the communication rollout, um, you know, speaking as the communications director, <laughs> right. was, a, was a little all over the place because ADs and school administrators had been told, you know, a while in advance, but they maybe didn't necessarily, you know, communicate that to their districts. And then we had it on the calendar, but not everybody looks to see what's coming in July. And so then we issue a release in the spring and people are like, what? It's only two months away. It's like, well, you've known about this for a year and a half. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, we've had it on the calendars for a year and a half. Um, but uh yeah, it, it actually has been pretty positive. Quite a few people got to take vacations. Quite a few people got to just have a quick breather if they weren't at the state baseball tournament. And and that was the point, especially, you know, hopefully for a recharge as we start the new school year. I, I, I can tell you just one little feedback from my house. So my oldest son played four sports. And uh, we, were, we, we talked about it a little bit. And he said he would have killed to have a week like that. Um, when he was in high school. And so um, I, I, I think especially from those kids that are playing three or four sports, you know, it, there's no break. You're right. There, there is absolutely no break. You know, I mean, if you make the football playoffs um, and, and win a game or two, you, you pretty much start wrestling in basketball. Mm-hmm. And then when those are over, you're right in the track. And then obviously the, the time difference between track and baseball is – uh, you know, so I, I, honestly, I, I, I think it's a good thing, and, mm-hmm. and I hope both associations continue to uh, keep that as a priority. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the tricky thing is just going to be, and I'm sure you heard some of this feedback as well, is going to be balancing it with baseball and the baseball right. schedule. Right. Um, you know, there are some baseball people that are a little frustrated that it means they get bumped up a week. So the state tournament will take place a week earlier. Their season will start a week earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the case of 2022, that means the same week as state track. Um, and so, you know, why do you hate baseball and why are you taking away my games? <laughs> right. To which, as the communications director, I would point out, you already play 40, which is exponentially more than any other sport. So right, exactly. um, I, I understand the concerns, especially at small schools that have the same athletes playing track and field and baseball. But the regular season schedule is not dictated by the Iowa High School Athletic Association. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think there's there's ample opportunity, um, you know, as the only state that plays summer baseball and softball to um, make the schedules work. Sure. I agree. Bob, we got to take a quick break. But, Chris, I can, I'm can. i looking at the ratings meter, and it's going through the roof. Would you be, <laughs> would you be willing to stick around for another segment? Absolutely, guys. <laughs> All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Sports with Rudy and Bob right after this. 
Man, we got a good one going here, Bob. Yes, yes. Chris, Chris Cuellar from the Iowa State, uh, uh, Iowa High School Athletic Association, uh, joining us here. And uh, we talked a little bit about the baseball tournament, which, of course, New Hampton was uh, a participant in. Yes. Uh, but there's huge news that broke here. Yeah, we're going to do this really weird now. So we're going to go from summer to winter. To winter. And then we'll get to fall. Yes. Okay. So, so big news here in the last couple of weeks that, that, that came out. And, and uh, something that some people have really wanted and some people have not so much. Um, I'm curious. I think I know how the coaches feel. Mm-hmm. I also think I know how the ADs feel. But <laughs> the shot clock <laughs> yes. is okay. coming to Iowa. Um, yeah. So how long is this? Uh, this has been talked about for quite a while, I'm guessing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, th- these have been discussions for years at a time to which we always used to have to reply. Um, it's NFHS rules to not allow a shot clock and it's in our bylaws to follow NFHS rules. And we were a founding member of the NFHS. So we're going to do that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, you know, wasn't a cop out, but it was just a, a kind of a throwaway answer because, you know, it ended a discussion that maybe we should have been able to continue. Right. Um, and I, you know, Finally, the NFHS back in May uh, approved shot clocks by state adoption. Instead of issuing a national mandate for everybody to do it, state associations could take it on. Um, You know, we said at that time that we wanted to have discussions with all the concerned parties, which was the girls' union, you know, our board, our advisory committee, the girls' union's advisory committee, the Iowa Basketball Coaches Association, and all of those discussions turned out that, you know, they wanted this done sooner rather than later. So... Uh, it is coming. So for varsity uh, basketball, boys and girls, it'll be required 35 seconds because that's what NFHS says it is, not because Chris Quire or the IHSA. It's 35 because <laughs> that's what NFHS says. And uh, so that, that'll be coming 22-23. So, um, you know, if you hate the slowdown end of quarter stuff, uh, you only have one season left. Okay. <laughs> sure, sure. Now, now what, what, let's quick go over some particulars. It's just varsity basketball. Can you play it at one? Can you play it at a JB game or a freshman game if you want to? Yes, yes. Okay. Good question. So sub varsity is allowed to use it, um, but it'll be by you know district or conference you know agreement essentially. Um, oh. And if they're non conference games, then not a lot of those at the JV level. But if there's a non conference game, then the, the schools have to agree upon it basically. But we still we still have a lot of uh, little policy quirks to sort out on it. Okay, and, and, and one thing. Now I'll be honest with you, Chris. I'm I'm pretty indifferent to this because I I know that when we have a 21 to 19 game, which we had a couple years ago, um, people just start howling on social media. Um, the day your announcement came out, I I went on the huddle and I watched a couple New Hampton games from last year, and I don't think there's three or four possessions in both games that went 35 seconds or more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not a huge issue to me as, as an official. Um, you know, there's some concerns. So well, let me ask you this. Is it going to follow the same um, like the NBA and the college does, that the ball has to hit the rim before you reset it? What's the what's – the, um, are those some of the details that need to be worked out yet? Yeah, yeah, actually, that's a great question. The, the reset is probably the biggest single question that we have outstanding right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we, we still need to talk that through and sort that out with the girls union. I don't know. My understanding is they're considering a couple of other potential rule adjustments that might affect how that's implemented. Um, and so uh, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to see what that reset might look like. Okay. Because that was going to be my, my question is the reset going to go down to that shortened 20 seconds, like in college where that they implemented, I think this year, that's, confusing as all heck yeah so but, yeah I, I think you know one of the best rule changes in basketball in the last four or five years especially for a guy who does a lot of junior high basketball games so if you remember and i i actually do remember this because i shot a lot of air balls um in junior high jv and varsity um they now give it used to be if, if i shot the ball didn't hit anything and was the first person to touch it it was a travel mm-hmm. um now it's it's a referee's discretion was he shooting it and you know i i probably that if that rule would have been in place back in the <laughs> uh i, I would have saved probably 35 40 travels a season so oh, take, take all your rebounds <laughs> yeah, yeah yes yes yeah. so um <laughs> what about the the cost and um i mean was that a concern expressed by schools uh, initially, um, but that was pretty quickly dismissed by basketball folks with the argument that uh, we have other scoreboard expenses. Right. This could theoretically be a one-time thing, and we already have a play clock out on the football field. What's what's kind of the the difference right. that we're you know quibbling about here? Um, so, so you know, I, there have been some member schools that have already and very early on expressed concern about you know requiring an implement that was going to cost them three to five thousand dollars and a staff person you know dedicated to it probably at least for the first season the, the um, staff thing is the thing that i'd be more concerned about you know, I, like, I agree jason i agree yeah. um and uh yeah those are those are absolutely valid concerns um but i i i guess it wasn't enough um to overturn the interest in having it sure and i get it like i i understand the reasoning for it i'm just and that's why i said i can see coaches being all for this and i can see ad saying oh, wait a second because they're the ones who got to try to find that worker right. and i don't Absolutely. think it's yeah it's not even the the the, the 15 or 20 dollars you got to pay the person it's it's hard to find bodies to even run the regular clock right. these days yes so and i don't know you guys talked about that i'm not disparaging that at all i just you know it's it but i think i'm sure it was a large part of the conversation yeah, Bob, Bob said you, you you said you were pretty indifferent on it. Um, I, uh, I I wrote about this extensively when I was at the register, and, yes. I, and I've had a few outspoken opinions about it. So people can probably guess where I fall. Right. But hopefully, this is yet another example that what I say, whether it's on a, a radio show or a podcast or in person, is not necessarily how all this stuff goes. Right. I mean, it's, it's not just up to me. It's a it's a membership driven organization. Our board was very. Uh, earnest about it and it's a change that you know we're preparing for and are excited to make well and and i think there's one thing and the nashua plainfield boys coach uh is a guy named sam brown Mm -hmm. good and um you know he talked about it with me um when when you guys made the announcement and and i thought he had a really good point um and, and this i do buy into it will it will reward good defense Yes. Because how yes. many times do you see a team just buckle down for 35, 40 seconds? You do see that. Yeah. And then they give up a layup. Right. Well, at least there's a time constraint there that, that they know I got five more seconds to lock this guy. You know what I'm saying? 
Well, I'm expecting to see a little bit more two three zone. Right, likely. One last question on on that, and then I know Bob, we go on to talk some football. But um, is there any thought on how to support schools uh, in making that transition? Whether it be you know creating videos for the incoming shot clock operators, or if there's any financial uh, assistance for schools that maybe don't have the funds, um, is anything has any of that been discussed? Yeah, so we actually had you know a handful of uh, companies that make and operate those shot clocks reach out to us when they when they you know found out via the NHS NFHS that this was a possibility. Um, right now, at this time, my understanding is there's a handful of companies. Um, I, I don't want to name one because I can't think of the second right now, so I don't want to say <laughs> I don't want to give one a plug and not the other. Right. Um, but but they're they're interested in dropping prices for bulk pricing to you know do things statewide, um, and we would not see a penny of that. It would just be facilitating you know the, those schools getting a, you know what is essentially a, a little bit more of a discounted rate, not doing it individually. Because so, you're going to have three uh, hundred some schools doing this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have yeah. three hundred forty schools play basketball, so oh, okay. Um, at least the high schools and some play in different gyms and everything else. So right. we will we will see uh, how that all shakes out. Okay, so. We are um, we are getting very close to really one of my favorite days of the year, which is the first Friday night of football. Yep. I realize there's a few games on Thursday, um, but uh, can you talk a little bit? This is a year in which so every two years for people who don't know this, unless COVID hits, um, <laughs> you do a. Um, it, Redistricting. Redistricting. Yeah. And um, I, I think some people don't quite understand. Um, <laughs> it's not like Chris Clare comes into a room and sits down with three of his buddies and in 10 minutes they have all the new districts. Right. Right? I, I mean, you're not that efficient, are you? <laughs> can, can I you... promise you I am not. <laughs> can... in, in, in any of our sports that we put on a map, I promise. Can you, can you take us through how long? I mean, I mean, what... What's the process look like? Yeah, uh, what is the yes. process? So the primary principle of all of our sport substates, districts, and then district football is separating in some capacity – geography and power right sure we're trying to keep three you know teams that might be ranked one two three you know away from each other right. but it all has to make geographic sense especially with district football sure um that all has to work within the confines of the classifications mm-hmm. which you know we put together via enrollment yeah uh, you know you can have your quibble about how that's all decided but whatever formula you use teams will have to go in a classification and then they will have to be separated geographically because that's, <laughs> that's how this works. Right. Um, I would say if you have an issue with how some of them are put together, whether it's one team or two teams on where they go, pull out a map of the state of Iowa sure, and put together maybe if they're pennies or if they're, if they're little thumb pins or we use magnets and we've got maps on maps that are, that are stacked in, in a room that we, we go back and use for all of our sports and just lay out which schools are in which classification to start. Not just, you know, how f- ah, I can't believe that I have to drive two and a half hours. OK, right, right. all right. That, a common complaint, obviously. Right. Um, put in the push pins and see which schools are in which classification right, and right. where can they go? Um, and, you know, 
we don't love that we have to, you know, schedule games that involve, you know, extensive travel, especially on school nights. I would argue Friday has a little bit more flexibility for right, football. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a long thought out arduous process like i i can't tell you how many nights and and weekends we've spent scratching our heads in the map room um you know and i and i'm i'm sure some folks out there will say it's because the ihsaa are a bunch of you know monkeys hitting a computer (laughs) right yeah um it it's it's not easy and we really really struggle over you know what the right decisions are to make but um it has to fit in um you know with geography and power as, as well as we can make it well, and Decor is a great example, and I say that only because I'm I grew up there. Yep. Their nearest three A school is Charles. Our, Char, probably Charles City, maybe Waverly, and that's over an hour for them to drive, yes. regardless. And there's not a darn thing anybody can do about it. It's just the way, like you said, the way the geography lays out. So, Jason, I would offer. I know you're not contradicting me here, so I'm just yeah. just just play just play along with me here. Yep. Do you think it was easy when we had six classifications? Uh. Probably not. You pr- probably not. So now we just added one more and we spread it out which teams are available and which right, classes. Right, right, exactly. Right. Even further. Exactly. So uh, it is, it, it's pretty wild. I mean, there, you know, there's a 3A district. You talked about Decorah. West Burlington, Notre Dame's with Grinnell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. There's exactly. nothing you can do about that, though. No. I mean, that, uh, there, there are teams in the corners of the states, the schools in the corners of the states. It's the way it is. You can't go into Nebraska, you can't go into Minnesota you know, or the surrounding states to get games for them. You, so, I mean, yeah, the, the ones that are in the center of the state then go any direction, but you get into those yes. corners, you're hamstrung big New, time. New Hampton's a good example. I mean, I've, I've been in New Hampton for probably six redistrictings, and half the time we go east and half the time we go west. We're, we're, we're kind yeah. of one of those in-the-middle schools, you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I totally understand that and, and enrollments change, right? You know, um, this is a great example. So let's use, let's use a real let's use a real example just to put it. Let's make mental maps here, right? And okay, you've got yeah. New Hampton. Who's the who's the furthest west team in your district? For, for in, in, in for, New Hampton's district, Forest City. Okay, Forest City. Okay. Yeah. Now, which do you know, or have you looked at the district that's just to the west of that? Oh, then it goes all the way to the. It border. goes all the way to the state. Yeah, the it'd, be, it'd be with Spirit Lake. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, th- there's not a perfect answer here, I guess, no. is what I would say. No, because um, Central Lion, uh, West Lion is a two-way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yes. Um, you know, Forest City, the West Lion is going to be a heck of a drive. Oh, exactly. You know, I mean, <laughs> yes. anywhere to West Lion is going to be a drive. Right. So, but um, the other thing that's changed this year is, is, I know last year pretty much everybody made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, um uh, this year, um, a, a little different than, than two years ago. By uh, eight-man eight A, 1A, and 2A, we'll have 18, eight game seasons and eight uh, uh, um, 32 qualifiers. Is that correct? Yes, exactly right. Okay, yes. and then the other cl- the bigger classes play nine games and have Look. 16? Correct. Um, what was the thought on that? That that's the first time it's I think right that it's looked different in how many qualifiers are in each class. Correct. Um, so uh, if you remember back what oh eight oh nine mm-hmm. they, they called it the substate round right yeah. the oh, first yeah. the first few times where they had thirty two teams get into the playoffs. Um, there still was a huge push to get more teams an opportunity into the playoffs. Right by adding a classification. 
Um, you know, you could theoretically do that. But uh, a couple of those classifications, like the smaller school ones that you mentioned, um, you know, 1A and 2A have 48 teams in them. So they didn't feel like 16 was quite enough. So they were willing to sacrifice that ninth home game, which is essentially a home game every other year. Right. Um, they were willing to sacrifice that for, you know, two bites at the playoffs. Um, the big school classes, 3A, 4A, 5A, they've got 36 teams in them. Um, to us, it just didn't quite make sense to put 32 uh, with them and to take away that ninth game. And to be honest, to the especially to the 4As and 5As, 5As now, that ninth home game is more valuable to them than another shot at the playoffs. Right. Um, believe, yeah. So we just tried to, you know, it, it does look a little bit asymmetrical, but we just tried to make it work for, you know, the schools that are in those programs and, and what was most valuable to them. So week nine of the football season, we will see – uh, 4A, 5A still playing regular season, and the playoffs will start in the other. So that correct on that? Yeah, 3A, 3A, 3A 4A, 5A now. Remember, we got the oh, 3A, that's <laughs> right. the, the large classes. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that, that's right. Big schools will be playing their ninth game. Small schools will be starting the playoffs. And they can play a game if they don't make the playoffs, if they can find That is correct. Okay. So they, they, that ninth game was still important to them, and, and uh, if they don't qualify, they can basically play an exhibition. Are you looking forward to – Fall? I love it. I, yeah. You know, the second you talked about your favorite day of the year, I I, I heard crunching leaves and I smelled pork chops. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I love the fall. I, I don't get out to as many regular season games as I'd like to anymore. Probably right. only a handful a year. Um, it, it's kind of odd when we make a decision to go someplace because then it's like, why aren't you here? But I keep my eye on as many games as I can. I get out to games when I can. And then obviously the playoffs, we have to turn up our work mode. But um, yeah, I, I love it. And, you know, I, 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 not to give you a, a trite answer, but um, I, I, like all the, I like all of our sports. And so I, I like cross-country season starting. I feel like it's a good mode for those kids. Right. Uh, I, I think it's a little funky, but I even like having the golf in the fall. 4A kind of does their own thing, and it's their own season, and, and that's kind of fun. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to just get a new thing rolling and, and kind of, um, you know, move straight forward out of baseball into something else. Okay, well, well hey, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we got to take a break here. Jason keeps... Uh, touching his wrist. I don't know what that's all about. Oh, yeah, people had watchers at one time, didn't they? Uh, yeah, so, so, the <laughs> but, but But thank you so much for joining us. You uh, once again enlightened us and helped us with the ratings. Um, I don't know if this is a sweeps month for radio but i hope it is so. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> always have to do with you great great talking with you uh i appreciate your your help and uh the, the platform so i look forward to being in touch again just call anytime okay. absolutely thanks again chris yes thanks guys see well, you yep we'll be back right after this jason that was that was great stuff from chris and, it was and uh i i gotta tell you um, he's really good. He makes he, us sound good. He's, he's yeah. We put the pressure on him, and he came through. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> well, you know, so, really, we—he's kind of a closer. Okay, so so <laughs> let's real quick. Um, I did want to go back to something that happened here a couple weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, we we talked about this in our last show, uh, the Field of Dreams game, and real and, <laughs> yeah. and real quick. Um, you know, I, I'm not a big overhype guy. Right. Okay. So I have to tell you this story real quick. I'm talking to a friend of mine in Arizona who's also from Iowa, and I go, oh, my God. You know, I'm just all the way home. I'm like, 
this is too overhyped. I mean, it's, it's, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. I'm still on the phone with him when Kevin Costner walks onto the field. Uh-huh. And then when the players come out of the coin, I, I, I'm still, you know, on the phone with my friend, and I go, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. So here I have been going on and on. Oh, yeah. you know, uh, Me too. Great game. Great um, game. Great atmosphere. I mean, let's be honest, Major League Baseball got lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that whoever was in charge of the introduction nailed it. Yes. Um, and I, the, my favorite picture in the whole thing is – is um, they walk onto the field. Some of the players are coming up to Costner, uh, and and it's just awesome. But then they 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 go to Aaron Judge, who who who's a great baseball player, the yeah. superstar, right? And he's got a smile on his face, like he's a twelve-year-old kid being right. at the Field of Dreams the first time, right? And and. And where they got lucky was not that, but with, with the game. I mean, any well, yeah, game yeah, yeah. that is is eight to no seven, seven to seven to four going into the top of the ninth, yeah, and then eight to seven going into the bottom of the ninth, and then nine to eight final, you nailed it. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, uh, at, you know, you can't script it any better. With two home runs to take the lead, but, right? So and then a walk off home run to finish. Um, I thought it was wonderfully done. Uh, I. For all my angst, and I know you had a lot of angst. I was not happy. No, but it worked, and I might be wrong. I think last time I said, you know, this is a one-and-done thing. I, um, I know I, I don't know how they quite do the... You can't top that. No. I don't think you can. I don't think you can... First off, what kind of finish to a game can you get that's different, other than some kind of crazy play at the plate? Right, right. You know, and... The, the thing about it is you can do the intro. First off, I don't think Kevin Costner's back for the next one. I really don't. Maybe, but he just he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who is going to do that every oh, time. Right. You know, but this it, time, it worked. It yeah. worked so well. You know, I'm sure the players will come in through the corn again. That right. will make sense. Right. But, you, I mean, it's not a surprise anymore. No. You know, it's kind of like the sequel. It, and I, I think I say this later on when I was when I was talking with Jenna. I think I said yeah. this. It's worthy of a sequel, but we all know what happens with sequels. Right, right. You know, now they, they've blown all the story. What I'm, I guess what I'm really trying to say here is the production, the pre-production, the pregame, all that stuff. They've blown all the good stories. Right. So where do you go from there? But but I will say that Sunday night the Indians and Angels played in in Williamsport. Yep. Um, and that game has now been going on for a few years. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it works. And right. and Sunday morning, I watched, you know, they have a split screen with the game and they're following the Indian buses, the Cleveland Indian buses coming to the stadium. Sure. Um, it it can't work a second time because it, it obviously works really well in Williamsburg. Yeah, no doubt. And we're better. Iowa's better than Pennsylvania. Well, I, so we'll, we'll, we'll be just as good. I, yeah, well, I mean, I'm not going to doubt that at all, but I also – We've got something pretty unique, yeah. you know, and it's it's um, it's special. Yeah, it, more special than I ever thought it'd be. And like you said, something that was as hyped as it was, not actually only came through. Yeah, not only hit the hype, but I think exceeded it. Right, 
Right. You know, and you don't that that's part of what makes it, it special. I, I gotta be honest with you, it reminded me a little bit of why I never read a movie review before I go to a movie. Right. Um so uh, you know, I always throw the story out. Star Trek Five worst movie reviews ever. I actually didn't mind it that bad. Sure. Okay. Bull Durham, I read all the reviews and it's a great movie, don't get me wrong. But it wasn't as good as those reviews. It, you know, yeah. it's better for me to just watch it and see what I think. Right. You know, and um, so I, kudos. Uh, it worked. It did. You know, and, and I was wrong about it, and we'll cover some Field of Dream stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, the other thing that's going on, I, I'm so excited. It's fall sports. Oh, so tomorrow night. It yeah. kicks off. We, New Hampton plays volleyball down at Nashua. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turkey Valley runs cross country at Edgewood. If it's not 110 degrees, this meet gets called off every other year because of heat. <laughs> right. And uh, and then Friday is football. Right. You know, and and I'm I'm really pumped up for this. Yeah, you know? exactly. And um, I, I will be honest with you. Sometime Friday, I will turn on as a great YouTube video of. Um, the boys of fall with a bunch of coaches in it, you know, and I will watch that. It's about eight minutes long. And then I will go to the game and I will want to hit somebody. So you're telling me we should be telling Rob gets to have the boys of fall in the, in the log for us. Yes. Yes. I'll yes. See, yes. See what we can do. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a, a fun season. Uh, it's a little more normal this year. Um, uh, you know, at this point, at this point, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, but last year at this time, I was doing some of the previews for the Tribune, and and I, I do remember talking to Sarah Bakula as the uh, cross-country coach at Turkey mm. Valley last year. Yep. And, and I went back and looked. She was quoted as saying, you know, our goal is to get to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. That was the goal. Right. You know, and we didn't – a lot of people didn't think that was going to be possible right. last year. At this time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think anybody's too worried about that right now. Um, so I, it, it's kind of nice that I really didn't ask a lot of COVID questions this year, mm. you know, like we did last year. Right. Um, the, the normalcy, is, I, I'm really looking forward to, you know. Yeah, no and, and I'll take it for as long as it lasts. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So, well, that's all you can ask for. You know, I... I I do. There's just something special about that first Friday night of high school football. Um, you know, I always feel bad for the few teams that have to start on a Thursday. You know, <laughs> no, it's not the same. You got to go to school the next day. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's exactly. not right. You know, <laughs> now, my suggestion would be that for whoever is playing on Thursday this week, mm-hmm. their administrator should really call off school the next day. Because, you know. Maybe. Yeah. Now, I don't think I'm going to get a lot of. I don't think the Cedar Rapids school administrators are listening to me tonight. But. No, and I'm sure they don't want to make up the time and the hours. Right, right. You know, <laughs> right. teams right. their own there, Bob. Right, right. <laughs> no, I, I realize that, but but I, I just think the first Friday night should be like a national holiday. That's that's how well, much I love. I, 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 I get that. You know, I get that. I, I, um, I mean, you can go to school during the day, but then Friday night should be football. Well, it is football. Yes, yes. But, I mean, there's been, like, like Wisconsin, I think, already had their first. Yeah, and Minnesota uh, played their first week. Uh, Did their state baseball championship in Minnesota just finish? 
No, they have Legion baseball. Oh, and, that's what that. Yeah, okay, never yeah. mind then. Okay. So their state baseball tournament is in June. Okay. And then they're playing Legion all summer. So okay, all so, right. Um, well, fair enough. But uh, still, plenty of high school sports coming up this fall. Yeah. Uh, track volleyball, cross country. Not track. And uh, not track, cross country, <laughs> football, and volleyball. Scott Jenkins just sat up and was. Well, wait, we have a meet this fall. <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette Lau is just going. No, wait, I'm coaching junior high volleyball. Yeah, What's yeah. going on here? <laughs> this guy's so, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, Sorry, Scott. But, you know, <laughs> yes, you know, cross-country volleyball and, and football. Uh, you and got then, it right. So and, you, yes. Yeah. And then, actually, there's one more. What? Uh, Foyer plays golf in the fall. Oh, that, yeah, but we don't have Foyers up here. No, so no. We don't really care yeah. about that. Yes. So, but still, it's going to be fun. And, uh, you know, of course, we talked with Cuellar a little bit about some of the stuff from right. this, the association's end. Uh, of, of fall sports, but I mean, there's plenty of good games going to be played in this area. Right, and I, I, I'm a big fan, and I, I, I don't think when we had Chris that I'm a huge fan of the expanded playoffs, and I, and you know why? I, I go through this with you every time we argue about this. I've seen a four a, a four seed be the top seed. Yeah, you know, first year it, they did, in fact. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't see that one, but I, I did. I saw. Well, I didn't see that game, yeah. but I saw that district. Right, but as... but uh, New Hampton's done it twice. Yes, you know, and uh, I I just think you get stuck in a really tough district, or you have an injury or two early. It it, it levels the playing field. Look, I realize the top seeds are going to win most of those games. Right, but. I realize the top seeds are going to win most of the NCAA games, but it's right. the upsets that can happen that I think is great. And I'm all for having more kids make the playoffs. I just am. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, no. I was not a fan of it when they first started talking about it back in the middle 2000s. I thought, oh, it's going to water it down. It's not going to be as you know, it's not going to be the same. You know, it, it stinks. Yeah, you know, we don't have to give kids everything. You know, right. you got to earn some things. And I still believe you do have to earn some things. But I'm with you with now. I like the the expanded the expansion of the playoffs to 32 teams right. for uh, the bit, the smaller classes. Let's, correct. Let's yes. make sure we emphasize. Right. That. Yeah. If if you're listening in from Decoy, you still get 16 teams. That's, that's you right. You know, like Charles City. You, right. Now they're you know, playing a smaller district too. Right. Right. So, you know, but but it, I, like I said, I was not a believer. I was not sold, and now I am. Uh, I have seen the light, Bob. My, my my biggest argument for you is was every other sport does it, right? Uh, and and I'm, it's true, you know, right? Now I also know that that in Minnesota, you you uh, I saw a four and four team win a state title, four and four regular season team. Now they do things much differently up there, and that they still play conference football. And um, so I'm very excited that, that we're going to have this chance um, to expand the playoffs. But I'm also really excited for the fact that we're going to play football on Friday. And if they didn't expand the playoffs, I'd still be really excited. Right. You know, right. so exactly. um, real quick, New Hampton's at MFL. Mm-hmm. Nashua Plainfield is at North Butler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turkey Valley is home, and I, I'm spacing off who they're playing. I can't think of who it is either. I think it's Ed Coe, but I could be wrong on that. 
Um, uh, Sumner Fredericksburg or they... yeah, I'm spacing that one too. Sure so, right but now. but you're gonna have football on Friday. Yep. Uh, most volleyball teams start this week. Some cross country teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're getting back into it. We're back into the swing of it for as long as we can. You know, as a as a guy who looks at a newspaper, or as a guy who looks at a radio station, it seems like it's been about six months. Right. Since the baseball season ended, it's only been like a month, but yeah, still, <laughs> you know, right, it, yeah. it, it's always nice that first week, <sighs> right? Break time, right? Second week, ah, still not that. Third week, oh my gosh, let's do something, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Bob needs to have something to do at night. He's, yes, marbles. Yeah. Can we do a marble tournament? Can, I'll cover it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hey, careful! We did that during uh, something you know last year. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. We don't want to. <laughs> that that is true. All right, Bob. I have to ask your permission, though. Oh boy. So I uh, I kind of found some people that were willing to talk to me, but I, I I couldn't make it work with your schedule. Is it okay if I talk to them on my own? Oh, wow, absolutely. Oh, I mean, it, this is split zone with Rudy and Bob. I mean, Rudy goes first. So well, yeah, you know, but I mean, I, mean I, I appreciate the the the. Uh, asking we established last time that you're the star <laughs> i don't think so you're the star here that's a whole nother debate that's a whole show about who the star is and it's not that's me. not a debate it's not me so wait we're gonna fight over who's not the star <laughs> yeah it's clay <laughs> it's not me yeah it's, clay. Exactly. it's you, know. Clay. you know who else we haven't had on in a while who's that somebody that we know that was at the university of iowa now lives in la Oh, but Lucy. Lucy Rodine. Yeah, we, we got to have her back. She's been kind of quiet lately. I know. Well, and and you know. I chuckled the other day because she just kind of put a tweet out there that she's still alive and that don't worry about it. Right. Yes, know? yes, like, yes. That, that was very Lucy-like. Exactly. You know? All right, Bob, let's take a break here. When we come back, I won't have you on. I'll have somebody else. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Dom Dafty from the Green Bay Packers right after this on the Sports Zone with Rudy and Bob. Welcome back to the Sports Zone. Today, joining us is the former West Des Moines Valley Tiger, Iowa Western Reaver, Iowa Hawkeye, and Indiana State Sycamore, Dominique Daphne. Welcome to the Sports Zone. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You know, I, I kind of figure my tradition is that I have to have anybody that was, or anybody that was on the Washed Up Walk-Ons podcast, I have to get them on my show next. So since you did, the, yeah, no, I'm kidding. I had, I had Keith Duncan before they did, so. Yeah. <laughs> This is your first full training camp. You were a, a late sign with the Colts. What is different about having the, the full opportunity with with uh, training camp? It gives me an opportunity to not have to, you know, learn the whole playbook <laughs> a week and a half. Right. So nice, and you get to, you know, create more of a bond with your team as well as with your coaches. And then, again, like I said, just that chance to learn the playbook in and, in and out and kind of be able to watch film so you know like what how your job changes on different coverages on different fronts all that stuff you know you get to learn more of the in and outs of the game rather than just what you have on a certain play sure and I remember I had heard uh, in another interview that you'd done that you said last year you kind of had to learn what to do this year you got to get to learn why and how that all fits together but I bet that's got to be a little I won't say a relief but it's it's got to be a little more satisfying so to speak definitely more fun yeah (laughs) you get to learn a bit more and it's not just so cut and dry you know you have it's this place so you have this so it's definitely a little bit more fun learning more of it and feeling like you're becoming more of a smarter football player and 
kind of being able to identify things on the defensive end faster and then you'd be able to play faster and can be able to be a better player. Sure, sure. So you've had an opportunity to opportunity to be around a number of coaches. Of course, Gary Swenson, your high school coach, legendary in the state of Iowa. Iowa Western has an unbelievable football program, um, you know, and then at Iowa and Indiana State. How is having a number of different coaching systems help you prepare for your NFL career? First and foremost, no coach is built the same. You have to learn how your coach operates. You know, that's first and foremost, how can you work well with him so then you're able to be a better play, player and then you, you're you able to gel together and, you know, everything can work out better because obviously if you have a lot of friction with your coaches, you're not going to be able to have that much of a success. But, you know, having all those guys, they definitely have instilled good, you know, football IQ and learning how to be a pro and all those things and how important it is to take care of your mind as well as your body. And just having coaches that are, you know, like you said, that are legends from where they come from, you know, that helps me, of course, because I know I can trust them to get me in the right direction, as well as I know they're going to try everything they can to make me be the best football player I can be. Sure. Uh, You know, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, getting ready to be a pro and whatnot. I'm curious, how is the NFL different than what you expected or what you dreamed it would be growing up and now that you're there personally i kind of expected this <laughs> you know, having an uncle who played in the nfl was not surprised by how much extra work is behind the scenes and how much you have to put into the playbook and watching film as well as just everything there's just so much more because it's you know it's a job so you're not having to focus on school or anything. It's just football all the time, which is great. But, you know, that means that you have to commit more when you're in and out of the building. So, I mean, I knew it was going to take a little bit more from mind, body, and soul. You know, it's never easy. Being in the NFL is probably one of the hardest things you can do because it just it's taxing on your mind, it's taxing on your body. And just like they say, it's not for long. So if you're able to stay here for a long amount of time, you know, you, you know, you're doing the right thing, just in and out. Your uncle played in the NFL for the Minnesota Vikings uh, a number of years ago, and unfortunately he's passed. But were you ever, ever, ever able to talk to him and, and maybe learn a little bit about uh, the NFL? Uh, well, he unfortunately passed when I was in like third grade. We, we've talked, me and him, we had conversations growing up and okay. you know, him and my dad, my dad spent a lot of time in Minnesota with when he was with the Vikings. So sure. there's a bit of that knowledge that my dad has that he shares with me, you know, tells me obviously more and more stories now because I'm an NFL. So he tells me plenty of stories about him and my uncle just hanging out in Minnesota and how things were and how my dad didn't realize it was a full-time job because he'd be gone at 6 a.m. and come back at like 9 30 10 o'clock at night and he'd be like where have you been like, well, I was at work what do you mean where I, where have I been so I mean yeah I mean now nah, he hasn't been here for a while but I mean he's always with me because my dad's here so that's awesome um who are some of the guys that you kind of model your game after I definitely watch a lot of uh Kyle Huszczyk from uh 49ers just because he's everywhere for their offense backfield in line out wide and that's kind of what I want to be 
when I see myself down the road, you know, someone who's a very versatile player as well as just someone you can trust when, uh, when you need him, when it's, uh, you know, third and three, you know, you able to be out there on the field and can rely on a person like that as, as well as he's just a very smart football player and you can see it in the film. Like he knows what he's doing. He's able to read uh, coverages very well. And you can just tell he knows his stuff and that he's well-versed when it comes to football. He knows the offense and defense very well. So that's definitely one person. And then I feel like I just try to take bits and pieces from inside our tight end room because obviously you got Mercedes Lewis, who's very good in the pass blocking and run blocking game, as well as he in his, you know, earlier days could run a very nice route i mean he still can but you know, yeah <laughs> a little bit more lethal back then i mean obviously we still can give give him get him the ball whenever he, he's open or whenever he's yeah. out there but we'll stop short of calling him old right hey he's only <laughs> he's only 30 what 36 that's there that's you go not old LeBron, yeah. <laughs> lebron james is what 37 good point good point yeah, so. <laughs> so i mean definitely try to take a lot of stuff from him when it comes to blocking and pass blocking. And of course, running routes and reading defenses, I tap into uh, Rob Tunyon, of course, a lot because he's just been helpful when it comes to reading defenses and, you know, being able to, he's been here for a while. So he knows the offense in and out and, you know, being able to have the success he did last year, he's able to kind of learn the playbook and have more fun with it and be able to, you know, do more vet things and have veteran moves. And so just watching those two a lot has definitely upped my game a little bit. All right. Well, we're getting close to the end of our, our segment here, but I got two quick questions for you. First off, the Iowa State Fair is just getting ready to wrap up, and I saw you tweeted about that, uh, that you're kind of missing on some of that. What do you miss about the Iowa State Fair since you can't be down here for that? Um, well, me and my family used to go every year since I was, I want to say like 18. <laughs> so there it's, you go. It's, it's been a minute since I've been there. Sure. But, you know, corn dogs, turkey <laughs> legs, uh, uh, the cinnamon pretzels, bucket of cookies, you know. Oh, yeah. That's it's all uh, the good stuff. I was just there yesterday. So oh, it's, I know, uh, I'm sure. oh, it's, it's good eating. <laughs> And then the the last question I got for you here, and this may be the most important question you you ask or ever answer. I'm kidding. I'm curious, what was the better moment? Catching that first touchdown against the Bears or laying fifty five on Ohio State? Uh not the most important uh, question, but <laughs> I mean I'd definitely say the Bears. There there you go. There Ohio you go. State was pretty fun, but you know, not definitely the Bears. I've, that was something I'll never forget. That's a huge, a huge moment for you there. Well, Dom Daphne joining me from Green Bay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck this season. I cannot wait to watch. All right. Appreciate you. Absolutely. We'll be back with more right after this. Back here on the Sports Zone on 95.1 The Bull. And joining us now is Jenna Nimps. She is the manager of Baseballism, which is the gift shop at the Field of Dreams. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. We're so excited to talk about the game. We are so excited. <laughs> <laughs> hey, high times in Dyersville, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So baseballism is its own brand in itself, correct? Correct, yeah. We are a small chain. Yep. Oh. 
Go ahead. Can, yeah, can you, can you kind of tell us a little bit about what baseballism is and kind of how it got going at Field of Dreams? Yeah, so we uh, we are a small chain. We're based out of Portland, Oregon, actually. And uh, we are for the love of the game apparel. So everything baseball, anything you could think of, whether that's phrases, sayings, you know, we have movies. We do uh, Major League as well as the Field of Dreams, obviously, because we're in this spot. Um, we do stuff from the Sandlot. So we just all for the love of the game. We're all about it. That's us. All right. Uh, and so then you've got a, a facility right there in. Uh... Dude, we're a stone throw away from the field. Yeah, we are right across the street there from the field. It's just uh, a little hop, skip and a jump right there. And of course, game day here was just last week. And uh, I, I can only imagine how busy things were. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we as a company, we've been around since 2012. So we've got some, you know, we've got some years on us. And this day by far crushed all company records across the board. <laughs> It just as expected, but like we crushed them. Like it was busy, packed stores, line. I mean, we try to get people through as fast as possible, but with the amount of people in, I mean, that was the most, I feel like the field has ever had at one time. Mm, Oh yeah. I can't Um, imagine anything that would rival that. No, man. I was like the parking lot they had. I mean, even the MLB, I don't know if you knew that, but they came and they approached some of the farmers around. They're like, do you mind if we use your lot to park people? Because they wouldn't have had enough space. There's not. Oh, sure. So the amount of people on field was the most the field has ever seen. It's, oh, it was sure. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I was down there, oh, what, four days after the game. And I'll tell you what, the, the original, the movie site, the grass held up pretty well considering how many people traipsed on that. And there was rain earlier that week. It, it rained the day before even. And oh, the day, geez. so two days in a row. And we're getting to the game day. And it's like, man, it says it's clear. I was like. You know, you could really only like hope and pray that the weather stays nice. And it was, I mean, it was a perfect day. You couldn't have asked for a better day to have it. The sunset was beautiful, but yeah, the days prior, we got hit with rain so bad. All the cars and they were spinning mud because you couldn't get out of it. They had to call like, <laughs> it was so oh. bad. But yeah, we, uh, we couldn't have asked for a better day to have the game because there was no rain. It was beautiful. Yeah. So when we start talking about how this whole thing came together, and you've been a part of that process all for the mo- all the way through. Yeah, all the way through. Mm-hmm. How long are we talking from idea conceived, first plans happening to we put a game on? Yeah. So we, uh, my company, the, we have four owners, and uh, as soon as they announced the game here, so that would have been in mid to late uh, 2019, we had. They flew pretty much right out to the field, spoke with the owners who own the field now, the uh, Go The Distance LLC, who owns it. They had spoke with them. They're like, all right, let's do it. Let's be the gift shop provider. We're going to do all the clothes. Obviously, when people can't see it, but all the clothes behind me. Um, <laughs> they're like, we're going to, uh, we'll be the whole, you know, the retailer on site and we'll produce all the designs. So we had to go through, get all the licensing for that because we are a new company working with them. So, you know, with Universal, NBC, we had to get all that stuff. Um, but from end of 2019 they had finished wrapped up the barn by march of 2020 we were ready to go you know everything was in its place built but then covid happened Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) imagine that right yeah (laughs) so that happened and uh, we pushed it back to may of 2020 and then ever since so we were ready up until the game about a week till they canceled it obviously you know in 2020 and Mm -hmm. uh from there we had an extra year of prep time to get ready and and that was uh, so about, you know, uh, since 2019, end of 2019, we're ready. Yeah. So here's what I'm curious, you know, with that basically added year, was there stuff that more or less got better just because there was more time to think and plan on that? Or was it pretty much the same plan 
from through the whole thing? Yeah, it was relatively the same plan. Um, you know, originally, like I said, they had 8,000 seats from the beginning. So they were planning to have that many fans. Then they kind of took it back to half. And then at the point, like, okay, no fans. And then they canceled the game. So we had the extra year to really prepare for the 8,000 people, plus all mm -hmm. the staff, the crew, the family, friends, all that. So we had that extra year to plan for that. I mean, I had more stock now than I had last year and we would have just been crushed. Like, yeah. <laughs> so we had that extra, you know, we're like, okay, this is going to be a big day. You can only prepare for it, you know, so much because the herds are something we've never seen. So now we know what to expect, but the, the extra year did, I think it helped everything. The plans. I mean, if you watched it on TV, it was a cinematic masterpiece. Oh, they did beautiful. such a great job. I mean, when it goes, then the guy's walking out of the corn, everyone's crying. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie as an Iowa when I felt it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's just tears. You just get choked up. It was so, it was special. So the year, I think it really helped. I think it did. Yeah. You know, I mean, anytime you do something like this, you know, it's going to be big and whatnot. But as we all know, it turned out so special and so huge. At what point did the true magnitude of what this turned into? At what point did you realize it was it was going to be or was as big as it as it became? Yeah. So, I mean, the leading up to they had about a week where the site was closed and it was kind of like for me, that was the calm before the storm. I was able to come on site. You know, we had shipments getting everything ready, more clothes and stuff. So I was sitting there, I'm like, man, I'm looking at this peaceful field. I was like, there's a couple of machineries coming through because they had to build up fixtures for the youth game that happened on Wednesday night and then the, the field. But when I got there the day of, I was like, man, I was like, it's happening today. And again, <laughs> right at three, when they opened those gates, man, I was like, it is happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, we'll see him ahead. I was like, we're ready. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and, and if you watched any of the ticket groups on Facebook, like you it just you could tell it's like holy cow. You know, um yeah, and I can't even imagine what that was like when all of a sudden the, the floodgate opened. The floodgate oh. opened. <laughs> Jesus. Uh did you did you have a chance to get out and, and, and see players and see the field and the game uh, during yeah, the day or were you I stuck? Did actually. So the morning of it was about like one thirty ish, and this is when all the players arrived. Um, they were, a couple of them were doing interviews and I actually got to meet and take a photo with Aaron judge. Oh, it was awesome. And then awesome. right after I get Tim Anderson. So oh, I'm nice. Getting, oh, so I'm like, I'll be honest, guys, if you take a photo with me, you're guaranteed to hit bombs into the corn and then the walk off home run and win the game. Like, oh yeah, exactly. So it's like, I got them two guys and they were nice enough to stop and, you know, talk and take pictures for a bit. But, uh, so we did that in the morning they, you know, they did their press and took photos on the field and it was cool. I mean, they came out the corn the same way they did on the field for the game. So it was fun to see. It was really a blast. What was some, like, what was one of the neatest things that you saw happen? Man. So I think the coolest part that I saw, um, was, I mean, at the beginning when they're doing the na national anthem, they have the flyover. That was so special. I mean, everyone on site got chills. Anybody in my store, I think that was just, oh, that's awesome for me. She's singing the anthem. She's crushing it. And oh, she's yeah. from Iowa. Uh, well, and Maddie's from just down the road. She's actually done some stuff in my classroom for me. So, in <laughs> fact, she went to the same high school as one of my coworkers at, at the school. So, oh, my I got God. great. Oh, I got a great Maddie Poppy story for another day. I love that. Oh, that's awesome. No, she crushed it. I said, I mean, the anthem's so important to us as, you know, mm -hmm. as Americans, I feel. And watching that fly over oh my gosh that oh was and they were yeah they were a10s which are my favorite of all uh, oh, man. Well, i was so <laughs> jealous not to be there but <laughs> oh yeah you know and that's that's the thing is it just it was so huge when you think about this for 
the future of Field of Dreams, the future for baseballism at Field of Dreams or in general, and, and maybe even for MLB, how like what kind of impact is this? How big is this? Oh, I mean, it's funny to say like it's the biggest thing that's happened in baseball in Iowa history. And we all know that because there's never been a major league game played here. But the talk of just everyone is excited to come. I mean, Monday morning when we opened up, it was like opening day. I mean, we had more people than I've ever seen on site on a regular occurrence. Like we, it was one of our second biggest days we've ever had. And it's like, what just happened is like, it put Iowa on the map. Mm -hmm. They didn't know about the game was happening. And all of a sudden they're like, what's all the hype? And they looked it up and they're checking it out. And they're like a game in the middle of the cornfield. Like how can you, <laughs> that is cool. Like, how can oh you yeah. So we kind of had, I mean, it really put us on the map, which is sure. exciting because the town of Dyersville, I mean, everyone did really well, which is awesome to see. Cause you know, you don't normally get that much traffic coming through. Right. If they do, they come through it and, you know, stop at, you know, the local Quiznos or they'll stop at, you know, our one of mom and pop that's over here. But um, there's never really a pull like that game. It had right. people came, even if they didn't have tickets, they just want to be part of the action. So they right. came to watch the game. We had to be on the game in town, uh, which did really well for some of the local vendors. They had little booths set up and that was good. We were there as well. We try to be, you know, if people couldn't get to the stadium, we try to be in the, uh, in the town for them. So sure. it was, it was such, I mean, nothing but up from here. Right. Just, it was awesome. Jenna Nimps from Baseballism at Field of Dreams joining us here. And uh, you talked a little bit about that Monday afterwards. I was one of those people, uh, went down with the kids. And, uh, you know, I'd, I've been to Field of Dreams before, long before the movie. And I think there's been maybe two or three other cars in the parking lot. And it kind of shuffles through, you know. When I turned the corner, first off, I was amazed that it's now paved roads and not gravel, which is awesome. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, the cars, right? <laughs> yeah. But when I turned the corner uh, to come up the road leading right up to the field, I was shocked at how much traffic and, and how many cars were there. And we were there just a little before noon. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was just blown away by how many cars are still were still parked there. And of course, they still had the equipment and all the workers that were still working in the stadium and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, has it been like that pretty much ever since? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, today, so we're, yeah, Monday was when it opened up back to the public. Um, and it's just been busy ever since. I mean, the parking lot is entirely full. They've got the second lot that's filling up with people, too. It's, I again, it's more people than I've ever seen come on site at one time, uh, just because they're so excited to be here. Everyone wants a piece of that field and a piece of the memory and the experience. So it was, it's busy. And I can see it's only, you know, through the rest of the week, at least through the rest of the month, people are just coming and coming and coming. Oh yeah, absolutely. And of course we've got a, you know, it, uh, Dyersville is only about an hour and 45 minutes ish from New Hampton. So Heading on down that way, easy if you want to do a, a weekend thing in Dubuque or Galena. Mm -hmm. Hey, you stop by here. It's right on the way, and it's paved now. Like I said. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't, I won't keep you too much longer, but I, I, I do want to say this, and I'm, I'm curious on something for you. Uh, to be, if I'm being totally honest, I, as a cynic, I really thought this is going to be a one and done experience, and MLB is already committed to bringing the game back next season. And I don't know if that was going to be the case until we we saw this. What do you think convinced MLB that this is definitely worth worth a sequel? Yeah, I think. I mean, it's tough to say. A lot of the time on social media, you have actual fans who are posting, but it's it was kind of dry. You know, you normally see like football, you normally see basketball, all the highlights from that, and you're starting now to see more and more baseball stuff. People are kind of tuning in, they're paying attention, and MLB is like, we had a 
this is the most viewers they've ever had for a regular season game, I think, in history ever. Right, yeah. Like, hey, Certainly going back uh, about 15 at least years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like they they saw it. They have a captive audience now. And they're like, all right, well, what's the next best thing? Let's bring a number two. I said, there you it's go. tough to be number two because, I mean, at the White Sox, Yankees, all that considered, people are still going to want to come. There's The 8,000 seats are still going to go like hotcakes. Um but I think they wanted to not capitalize on, but they want to hold that enthusiasm for baseball. You know, it's uh, that's part of, you know, what we do as a company. We want to show people that it's more than just a sport. Like it is a lifestyle. It is passion. People love the game. Like people who love the game, love the game. Right. So we, I mean, that's why we wanted to be here originally. And I think that's why MLB, they're seeing this and they're recognizing they're like, let's do number two. Let's go. Sure. As they say, yeah, as they say, people will come, right? People, people will most will definitely come. come. There it is, yeah. <laughs> Jenna Nimps joining us from Baseballism and Field of Dreams. Uh, if you're in the area, check it out. It's just east of Dyersville. You can pick up all your good merchandise, uh, anything you can think of, not just Field of Dreams stuff. Anything baseball, you've got it there, Jenna. And uh, I can tell you the staff is wonderful to work with. The facility is top-notch. I cannot stress how much you will enjoy a trip to Field of Dreams and ask for Jenna and say, hey, I heard uh, you and Rudy on, on the radio there. So, yes, <laughs> but, uh, absolutely. Come say hey. <laughs> thank you again so much for joining us. And uh, I can't wait. Hopefully I can get down there for the game this time next year. Yes, I will, I will do my best to get you that clearance pass. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. We'll be back with more sports on right after this. Hey, another great show today, Bob. It was. You know, we had good people that take good care of us and uh, make us look good. And we only had one segment with you and me alone. I know. That was the best part. You know, no, I mean, no. that we called that the the halftime show. <laughs> yes. And that, like most good halftime shows, they're not as good as the game. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. You know, <laughs> we, we really did. We had a first and a second quarter. Uh, yeah. Look, and then we had a third and a fourth quarter. Okay. And that, that's what we got to be, the halftime show. Yeah. But, that, you know, I... I still think we were better than half the Super Bowl halftime shows. I mean, come on. Well, let's, that's let's true. Let's be honest. I mean. That's true. You know, we could that could be a discussion one day. What, halftime Best shows? Best halftime Super Bowl shows. I've tried to get people on to talk to me about that, and their agents keep saying no. No, no. I don't understand that. Who wouldn't want to talk to me about <laughs> halftime shows? Or like the time I asked Carrie Underwood to come on and talk to me about singing the national anthem. And yeah. it wasn't Carrie Underwood singing the national <laughs> anthem. <laughs> That's awesome. Whoops. Well, well, listen, big week this week. Yep. We're going to have a lot to talk about when we get back together. Yeah, you're darn right. You know, and. Why? Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, by that time. We'll be done. We'll have a couple of weeks of the college football season. Well, at least one. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Two we'll, weeks. Because we'll, we got three weeks here before the next yes, one. Yes. It's one of those ones. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped, too. We'll have some high school sports in there, too. Yeah. And uh, probably some racing, if you because I know how you're a big racing fan. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway. But, you, but, but to all the people who stuck with us for however long this thing went on. Um, I mean, it really didn't go on that long. Right. Let's find out how many people are still listening. Right. Our 50th, or not 50th, our fifth anniversary show is coming up here in October. Yes. And we need to do something huge, big, over the top for this. 
Let's, so so let, if anybody's listening, come tell us who you think we should have on. That would be exactly, you know, or if you got an idea, right? We'll we'll listen to you. We'll listen. We may not do it, but we'll yeah. listen. Yeah. <laughs> or I should say, they may not do it. Whoever it is, but we'll listen. You know, it's kind of like what teachers say, right? What you know, goes the, in one the, and out the other. There's no such thing as a stupid question. And uh, I've never said that. Okay, but let's just say that <laughs> you did. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so. There is no such thing as a bad idea. Yeah. Well, no, yes. Maybe. Jason has a shirt on today that says, that's a horrible idea. What time? <laughs> and, yeah, so maybe that was a bad analogy to use Ooh, with, with that shirt on today. Ooh, Bobby. But we got to wrap this up. For this week, thank you very much to Chris Coyer. Yes. Um, as well as Dom Daphne and uh, Jenna Nymphs from Baseballism down at, at, uh, in Dyersville at the Field of Dreams. And, and thank you, people, for listening. Yeah, because without you guys, we'd just be talking to ourselves. And then obviously we should thank our sponsors. Absolutely. Yes. We can't do this without them. So for three weeks, two weeks, three weeks, Yes. you'll have to tide yourself over. Of course, if you want to listen to this again, it's out there online. Check out uh, po- any, any, on any podcasting platform. Look up the Sports Zone with Rudy and Bob. You'll find us there, too. And we will see you on September 13th. Yes, they'll hear us on September 13th. Yes. We're not not doing a video thing. No. I mean, we want people people to turn it off. (laughs) Okay, have a a good few weeks here, okay, bud? Yeah, you too, you too. And all of you out in listener land, you as well. You've been listening to the Sports Zone with Rudy and Bob here on 95.1 The Bull.